Welcome to the Pull the Shoot podcast with Jeff and Jana. This is our weekly venture into the world of small to medium-sized businesses and the entrepreneurial spirit that drives success. So our goal here is to help you grow and to be the best you can be, both in business and personally. To do that, we identify and we discuss topics that will hopefully help you as you work to build a successful business. We also interview business owners and executives. It's our hope that you may be able to gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission here is to help you pull the chute once a week to work on your business instead of always working in your business. So we hope you find these discussions insightful, helpful, and useful. And thanks for your support. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome to the Pull the Shoot podcast, everyone. We are always so excited to be here. My co-host, Jana Landry, is with me as well. Jana, how are things today for you? They're great. I just had a nice little lunch here, you know, in Nashville and belly's full. The weather's cooled down. I'm good. Good. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's it's going to be that time of season, falls in the air. So that's kind of- Yes. So always good. Always good. So, hey, Jana, we, we got a repeat guest today. Uh, Mark Moran, he's back with us. Um, when we first talked to him back in February of last, or of this year, sorry. Yeah, this um, year. We had, a, we had a great conversation about- you know, just because you're in your 60s doesn't mean you need to retire. And mm-hmm. uh, so I thought it'd be great to do kind of a follow-up call with Mark and see how things have been going and see where things are at for him. So Mark, welcome back. We appreciate it. Yeah, Jeff, thank you. Jeff and Jana, thank you for having me back on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, great to spend some time with you. Yes. So Mark, tell us a little bit, uh, how, how are things been going and, and what's been going on over the last seven, eight months now? Yeah, it's been an interesting time, Jeff. Um, you know, my father just passed oh, about no. three months ago. Well, I'm and, sorry. Uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank thank you for for your condolences. Um, yeah, interesting for me. You know, I had a kind of personal situation where uh, going through a divorce and had the opportunity through my personal situation of uh, getting to spend the last year and a half with my dad, uh, and so. I'd been out of Southern California, where where I'm originally from, for the last 20 plus years, and the opportunity to get back and spend time with my father was uh, a blessing. Yeah, I, I, I can uh, relate. I, to that. I really, it's just amazing. I did, I did that with my dad too. I yeah. think it's wonderful. I really do. I did not do, get to do that with my dad, but I do with my mother. I think it's so great, Mark. And yeah. tell, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. It's kind of funny this full circle thing with your professional career too. You got to talk about that a little bit, you know. Yeah. So uh, my my father and my sister started a little medical device company about uh, ten years ago called Starboard Medical. I'll do a little plug for the company if that's okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my dad was a uh, a sailor. So starboard is kind of like the favorable tack when you're sailing. Sure, sure. And uh, so he put his uh, personal passion into the name of the company and therefore starboard medical. Uh, and uh, the company um, is here in Irvine and uh, my sister's the CEO of the company. And so oddly enough, I uh, started my career working for my dad and that's kind of telling uh, or really that my career's come full circle. So started working for my dad in a little medical device company, making a product called temperature probes, which are uh, for monitoring your temperature during surgery. Very specific product uh, designed for anesthesiologists. Mm-hmm. And so that was 35 years ago. Uh, my dad and I had a successful exit. We sold that business to 
a company called Smith's Medical. And Smith, if you're not familiar with it, they make those x-ray detectors that you see in the airport. So if you're having your luggage scanned, you can thank mm -hmm. Smith for holding you up a little bit at the airport. <laughs> at any rate, we had a great run at Smith's, built up the company. We literally took the revenue a multiple of 10 times in our 12 years oh, at Smith's. Right. Uh, and uh, we both ended up leaving the organization. He retired and then I went on to do other things in general management and uh, commercial. But if you fast forward now, so it's 35 years later, and my sister, who was my product manager uh, at uh, at the first company, is now my boss at the uh, new company. So my career is, in all, all respects, come full circle. So. That's right. That's great. That's great. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. So the moral of the story is you don't stop working in your 60s. <laughs> you do not, no. 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 You just uh, put on a different hat, I guess. But uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so talk to us about, you know, I mean, <clears throat> did that just happen recently where you kind of went back to this? And, and what are some of the other opportunities or things that you're doing? You know, I love the fact that we talked about this last time that you know, just because you're 60, it's kind of the new 50, to be honest. And and mm -hmm. I don't think very many people are are looking to retire. Some do, but it depends on, the, on their job. I mean, we all know I'm not. I'm not going anywhere fast. Um, I'll and, never retire. <laughs> I just love doing it. It's fun. It's, you know, it's, it kind of keeps me young. Yeah, I mean, I think my, my father was the epitome of that. I mean, he stopped working at 87 because he physically couldn't go into work anymore. Yeah. You know, so I love that. That the love work that. kept him. It kept him young, right? It mm -hmm. kept the mind going, and uh, he uh, he about three months ago had his last patent issued. Wow! Wow! You know, so that's, that's kind of where I see myself going, Jeff and Jana, is that yeah. you know, the opportunity to kind of keep on giving. And I think, I think when you're in your sixties, like I am. Um, you get to the point where you want to give back. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's yeah. very true. And, and so, and I think you're doing that with what you're doing, Jeff. I mean, you're, you're taking um, entrepreneurs and, and folks that are running small to mid-sized businesses and you're giving them good guidance, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I, I think as, as, um, as we get later in our careers, um, you know, we're not judged strictly by, the uh you know what, what do you get in a check right what, what's your financial benefit for me you're kind of judged on on how do you make a difference in the people that you inter interact with mm -hmm. you know can you help somebody that's in a startup situation kind of as as you've said in your book jeff pull the shoot and take a step back and and look at their business in a more critical way right and that's what i'm trying to do so the work I'm doing with my sister is just that we're looking at the business together and, you know, how do we position it for ongoing success and ongoing growth? Mm -hmm. I'm doing work with a startup where I'm on their board of advisors and I'm helping them position the business to sell. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the startup, um, you know, they have uh, some unique challenges, but they're doing some very, very meaningful things in the marketplace so the ability to provide that sort of guidance, um, and I think you know, getting back to it, I think you're judged by you know how how do you impact people to to do better, you know, and and to kind of realize the benefit that they're providing, uh, and 
make them feel good about what they're doing, but also give them a, a gentle shove, you know, a gentle push. Yeah. And I, I always think, you know, Jen and I are working on a, a client together and it's always fun um, when they get it, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of guide them and, and you push them certain ways. And then all of a sudden they say something and I kind of go, Ooh, they're getting it. All right. Good. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know? um, and that's always, that's always the fun part for me. Cause you know, we spend a lot of time, just guiding people. And, you know, and I, I don't know about you, Mark, uh, but, you know, like when I talk to people, can coaching is different than consulting, right? Consulting, you go in there and you kind of guide them and, and kind of lead them in a direction where coaching is a little more give and take where you offer ideas and suggestions, but ultimately it's their decision, right? Mm-hmm. Where they want to take it. Um, and you can, you know, when they, when they start going down the, the wrong path, you can kind of stop them from hitting the wall at 120 miles an hour, as I like to say, but, um, but that's one of the things that, you know, they have to buy into from doing that. And it's, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a kind of a different feel. I don't know. How, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the, the, the consultant, in some respects, you're, you know, you're bringing information to the company and you're probably acting more as a sole uh, provider versus, you know, overarching the organization culturally. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think when you're you're coaching, you're, you're looking to have a deeper impact in the organization, um, not just from a financial perspective, but from a cultural perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I have some opportunities where I'm, Pure play consulting and other opportunities where I where I feel I'm doing more of a coaching and mentoring uh, mm-hmm. um, aspect, and you know, so for the small business that I was talking about, where I'm on the board of advisors, I'm, I'm doing much more coaching than than consulting, which uh, for me actually is a little more rewarding. You know, I, th- I think um, I think you start to see, you know, as you said, if they're if they're starting to use some of your uh, expressions, you know, you're starting to hit home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I have a friend who's got a recruiting business, and and I was telling Jeff about this earlier, Mark, and he uh, is placing a lot of people over 60. He says companies are starting to understand, you know, uh, and not that they hadn't in the past, but I think there's a greater need and also a greater, uh, op- there's more open-mindedness about hiring people over 60 now because we've got so many generations in the workforce. They feel that he was saying that a lot of companies say, you know, they're the kind of the most competitive, the most dedicated, they have the most experience, you know, yes, they, they want life work balance as a lot of the younger generations do, but they are really willing to get in and dig in and figure problems out because they've been in business long enough to have been in a lot of different scenarios. And I think that's really interesting. Do you find that too? Janet, do you know what the biggest difference is between people over 60 and and uh, the younger generations, so to speak. Yes. What? We don't look down. We look you in the eye. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a big one. I mean, that's my wheelhouse because really? I'm I'm very much into communication and such. And to me, truthfully, the Gen Zers are having the hardest time with that because they're in their phones all the time. All so the they time. don't they're know how like to. Yes, right. Yeah. They're looking down at their phones yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, um, so yes, and, I agree and, with know, that. When, yeah. So when you're when you're seeing a group of Gen Zers out. You know, out for dinner, what are they doing? They're all looking at their phones. Yeah. You know, so, so uh, I, I think there's a there's a generational communication skill that the over sixty generation still brings to the table. Yes. Uh, that yes. Uh, is lost, 
And I, I think companies start to value that, particularly as they're looking, you know, more and more on hybrid or even in-office approach mm-hmm. to to their workforce. Mm-hmm. The benefit of having um, the uh, you know the, the older generation that knows that form of communication, I think, is is imperative. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I get a lot of keynotes on that. That's my most popular one that I get requested. Is that how do you teach these four very different generations to team work and to communicate together and to problem solve together? Because the other thing right. about baby boomers is that they don't—they're not afraid to teamwork and to you know to listen as well as solve. So it is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's funny when very I very much so. Yeah, when I did some interviews uh, probably two three years ago. I was interviewing people in a company. And the funny part was, is I'm doing it on Zoom, right? This is before the pandemic. And none of them wanted to get on video. And I'm like, no, I need you on video. And they're like, well, why? I'm not camera ready. I go, I don't really care if you're camera ready. (laughs) I love that. I wanted to see their face and the reactions to questions that I was going to ask. And, you know, these were all like, you know, Gen Zers and, you know, and that kind of stuff. And they're like, not sure I want to do that, you know, because it was we're not used to doing that. No, it is. So very they're not used to even on the on a virtual conference conference call or the virtual call to get on with a camera with you. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. They, were, yeah, they were to struggling do to do that. I mean, yeah. I made them do it, and then and then of course you know we would do team meetings. And I would make every you know we'd have like thirty people on a call, and I'd make everybody on camera because uh, it was then started the pandemic and it was a way to tell if people were stressed out about the pandemic, right? They're all on the camera. And so, you know, we'd be talking and I'd have someone looking picture by picture at everyone just to see who was stressed out. Cause you could just tell by looking at them if they were stressed out, but that's, you know, that's, that's the, the, the younger generation, you know, um, they, they just want to either text or, you know, not really pay much attention to the, to the personal, you know, reactions to things and they don't read people. Like you said, their eyes are down, not up, right? You can they don't know how to read people. Yeah. When you look at them. Yeah. I mean, that's critical. I mean, you can't, at least you get some sense of nonverbal uh, expression with, with the virtual uh, meetings. Um, but, you know, if it's, if it's strictly text. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, from a communication perspective, I mean, the, the best would be in person, right? And then it's a virtual yes. meeting and then a phone call and then yes. a text. And then an email yeah. and then a text. So text right. is email really the text. last. And a little bit of when I'm doing keynotes and I'm on that subject, I talk about that. Texting is strictly for directions or for something emergency when it comes to a coworker. It's not to communicate, a, you know, any kind of uh, partnership or anything like that, that has to be at the very least an email, but it really should be a phone call because so much goes into verbal expression. The way we express when we speak taps into four of our senses rather than, you know, one or two, which text does where you're reading it. And then you're assuming what that person means. And so it's so important to have some of those other elements of us as a species communicating with each other, some of those other elements to, in play, you know, so, right. we get it. so we understand what the client or whatever the customer wants or what the partner wants or what your coworker wants, you know. So it is interesting how that has changed. And hopefully we'll get back to it again, more face to face. But I think we're doing we'll see. Yeah, I think it, it's an interesting dynamic, right? That, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. That's it's good to see that you've kind of force ranked it because I, I, I did it myself and I, I messed up a little bit. I, I guess email is a little more um, direct. 
It is. And there's actual ways to structure emails too, you know, that makes sense. You want to bring in some personal, you want to bring in some stories. Jeff and I always talk about bringing some of yourself, some of your stories, but then get to the point in a bullet format rather than that old kind of narrative style. Because people have gotten pretty picky about their emails now too. Like they're not going to read a huge email anymore like they used to, you know, but that face-to-face and that phone-to-phone is still really the best way. What other advice do you have, Mark, for this um, more mature, more mature <laughs> adult who's looking for work. That's the word I like to use because I'm a woman. <laughs> we don't talk numbers. We don't say digits. <laughs> you know, I I think um, for me personally, uh, LinkedIn has been huge. Yes. You know, and and so um, I'm a big believer on creating content on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I think if you highlight um, your experiences and meaningful content it will start to resonate with people in terms of opportunities, you know? So, so for me, I, I've ended up getting you know, several companies reaching out to me for consulting opportunities or even employment opportunities due to what I posted on LinkedIn. That's great. Uh, and yeah. so I said, using that platform is critical, understanding how to use it. I mean, similar to what you were saying about the chains of communication, there's very, um, uh, a disciplined approach to how you use LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that that's pretty critical. Um, you know, and and it's, I, I think anytime you have an opportunity to network. I was just going to say, that's, that's a big one too. Right? Yes. So, yes. So, you know, depending on what industry you're in, if there, there are relevant meetings where you can network face-to-face with people, that's even better. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, LinkedIn is a, uh, a little more easier to do when you reach a larger audience more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a huge statistic. It's like 91% of how people research people now. I mean, it's huge. Right. But the key thing on LinkedIn is if you look at it, right, you've got virtually everybody in business has a profile on LinkedIn. Right. Right. But what people don't do is post. Yes. So if you look at the number of people that actually post, it's about 1% that post. Yeah, really? Regularly, yes. Religiously. Uh, And that makes a huge difference. If you're trying to separate yourself from any form of competition and uh, doing that is critical. And, and, you know, what happens is um, you look look now at how recruiters, let's say, sort through a resume. Mm -hmm. How much time do they actually spend on a resume? Yeah. Well, the truth is a lot of it's IA now and search engine optimization, you know, they're not even looking at it until it gets to the top, you know, 1%. So they spent about 10 seconds on a resume. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you have to somehow differentiate yourself Mm -hmm. and creating content and, and meaningful exchanges on LinkedIn. You have to do it so you're not stalking, but let's say that there's a company you're interested in, you follow them on LinkedIn. You start to respond to their post. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to put content up that's that's meaningful and, and links up with with meaningful input you can provide for that organization or person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that starts to uh, drive some differentiation and recognition for you. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at it as, you know, uh, Mark Barron's a brand now, right? I'm a brand on LinkedIn that um, yes. promote, you know, uh, in a good way. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole algorithm to LinkedIn. 
That's very fascinating. Well, I think yep. you just said an interesting thing for me that I want to jump on a little bit. Uh, brand, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. we're building our brand, especially as we get older, our brands become, you know, more and more important about who we are, um, mm-hmm. what we can offer, things of that nature. I think that's a huge thing that needs to happen. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. You know, and content yeah. is king still, which is good. So a lot of these LinkedIn things are polls and things like that. And that's okay once in a while, but you've got to be offering content. So, yeah. I agree. So what's been the biggest challenge, Mark, since we last talked? Well, my dad's passing was a challenge, right? So you, mm-hmm. you get kind of kind of that. And, you know, he had an interesting dynamic in that we, um, he's from Croatia. And so oh, wow. we, uh, I can relate because I'm half him, Croatian. <laughs> well, as am I, right? And so I, uh, we gave him his final wish was to be buried at home. Oh, wow. Wow. And so we, we had a funeral here and then we arranged a funeral in Croatia. And he's buried in a fa- family plot there. Oh, wow. Was, uh, That's very interesting. Yeah. That's but you know, in terms of business, what's interesting for us is our, our little business, we, um, the business is going well, but, you know, uh, we've got similar to a lot of businesses. We have challenges with suppliers that we need to manage through and kind of understanding a strategy around how do you do that? How do you continue to grow the business? How do you hire good people, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's another big it's, one. It's kind of an ongoing challenge that we're we're working through. Uh, and, uh, you know, all of those things kind of coalesce. And, you know, it's business, right, that coalesces into Kind of the various uh, challenges that, as a you know, senior manager in a business, you need to uh, get your arms around and, and mm-hmm. uh, recognize. That's great. That's great. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, Mark, thanks so much for sharing your story, your continued story. We're so sorry to hear about your dad, but it sounds like um, that you had some quality time, which I think is just so crucial um, when, when that happens. You know, I, when my dad passed, um, I got to basically he lived with us until he passed, and and so yeah. I got to be his caregiver. And and so, you know, when when he passed, I I had like zero regret. You know, I, it was just like. Right. I was able to do all the things as a son that I was, you know, hopefully able to do. And, and that was good. So, so glad that, that you were able to do that as well. So, How long was your father with you, Jeff? On the... uh, when, when I was taking care of him or totally? Yeah. When you're taking care of him. Oh, uh, probably the better part of a year and a half. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. And he just, you know, he got, he had a uh, diet of brain cancer, but it was, you know, the last three months were, you know, we're just kind of everything kind of started to happen. So we just, you know, it was great. It was, you know, it was, it was a, a time that I'll never forget, which sounds morbid to some people, but to me, it was amazing. So absolutely. You know, so you get absolutely. All right, Mark, thank you again for being here with us. We appreciate you. Give us an update on things. We're glad things are moving in the right direction. You're never too old to keep working, I believe. No. Um, I got a quick story about that, by the way. So I, I happened to talk to a friend two days ago. And um, she's uh, she's married to a 91 year old man, um, and you know he keeps going right. So one of his very best friends ran into a medical emergency. So at 91, he stepped in to be the CEO of this company. Oh my oh god, my that's gosh. awesome, Jeff! At 91, right? That is so, so cool. He wakes up every morning. She said he wakes up every morning, goes for his walk at seven. He gets to the office by 8:30. You know, he's working in New York City. Um, and so he gets to the office and he does all this stuff and he comes home at five and he takes the dog for a walk and she goes, you'd never know he was 91. Oh my gosh. That's the best. 
So the work is keeping them young, basically. Yes. I have a quick I have a quick story, too, about yeah. when I was publishing my book, I was working with a woman who is, you know, she does that. She helps people write books and stuff. And she said that one of the things that she always tells her authors when they're first starting out, if they're not, you know, how to kind of books, but but more of a nonfiction kind of book is to submit it to like these contests and stuff. And she said, I was so excited because one of my clients did that and won and she's 80. She always wanted to be a writer and she wrote her first book at 80 and ended up winning a contest. That's great. And oh, so that's it, amazing. You know, it launched her into being this well-known author at 80. I just love those stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and great. So for, for all you listeners out there, here's here's loud and clear you know 16 means nothing so just keep 16 is the new 40 yeah right if you enjoy working, <laughs> keep doing it and you know what yeah my dad used to always say if you don't use it if you don't use it you're going to lose it so you know we just got to keep using our brains the way that we do and, and we're going to always be able to help people so uh, again mark thanks for being on today we really appreciate it to all our listeners as always thank you for your follow-up for your emails and just for supporting us through this podcast. We really appreciate it. Yes. So, so next time that we get to talk, stay safe and be healthy.